0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. This week you will hear Jess's story. Listen as Jess tells us what it was like to lose her babies. Jess opens up to us and takes us on her journey. You will hear how Jess's parents made the difficult decision on her behalf to have a medical termination when she was just a teenager. And since then, Jess's experiences range from miscarriages, stillbirths and neonatal deaths. This is a woman who has lost so much but still finds the time and space in her heart to help others. You will hear how Jess has devoted herself to helping other women with similar experiences. She has done such a good job that this year she has been awarded a citizenship award for all the hard work she has done. You will hear how Jess has found her purpose and is actively doing great work in her community. So please join us. Welcome to the podcast, Love, Life and Loss. Thank you so much for agreeing to come and do this today, Jess. So if you would like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll get into your story.
1: Hi, Louisa. Thanks very much for inviting me along to do this. Um, I'm Jess. I'm from South Wales in Bridget, um And I'm here to talk about my story about my beautiful daughter, Megan Jane. Um her brother and sister Jack and summer Louise, and my miscarriages, okay, so what I tend to do is if you don't mind, if you can tell us your story from the beginning it was nineteen
0: ninety six you said you had your first i'll let you i'll let you tell us what happened
1: okay, um, so yeah, I was seventeen years old, found out I was pregnant um, and I was really really ill, so um the doctors were like, you have to decide between yourself, the baby, um, or if you don't, both of you may die. Um, And being 17, I was young, naive. um, So I got my parents to help me make the decision. So they decided that my life was more important and I had to have a medical termination. Um, It's a decision that's lived with me for all my life um you know i've regretted it in some ways um because i've always wondered having the termination was it the start of me um losing my 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 future babies that sort of thing um so from there in 99 um i was pregnant with jack um and new year's eve 1999 unfortunately I um delivered Jack and he was stillborn. um it was a really traumatic um experience Um the labor was awful um and the nurse didn't really help me afterwards uh she came to me and went I'll just dispose of that for you now that broke my heart because that was my baby boy um and he was perfect um and yet i had a mid uh, a nurse midwife i can't even remember what she was now um turn into me telling me to dispose of that um so that was awful um and those words have lived with me ever since
0: i can't imagine um, what you must have been feeling when they said those words to you because that yeah that is really
1: awful do what it, it was surreal i didn't I didn't take it in at first I don't think it was only after once I'd processed it was like oh my god did she actually say those words to me how it old was is? I was only uh gosh uh, I was 21 then well, you were still a baby um, but not really. and then for yeah some... um and I and my relationship wasn't the best um I was in quite an abusive um relationship so that was really difficult um and my own family at that point didn't know um one about how bad the relationship was and two um they didn't even know about my pregnancy at that point
0: oh so you did so you would have to have told people first that you was pregnant and then that you'd lost your baby as well. yeah conversation that that must have been hard I, I I was in a similar situation with my son because it, it was locked and I hadn't spoken to people so I hadn't really told many people so having to say I was pregnant but now I'm not it's just so much harder isn't it
1: it is it is um and you just feel like you're alone and you're the only one um so yeah that that was really hard and then um I did trouble then conceiving again um it took me till 2002 uh well 2001 and then um I had Samuel Louise in 2002 who is also stillborn, um, my perfect little girl. Um, That one, it was really hard. I mean, it was 24 weeks and and six days, whereas, you know, I sometimes think if I'd lasted an extra day or two, would she have been viable or would she have already passed? So there's so many emotions and so many feelings and what ifs surround it you know and that that lives with you forever yeah
0: yeah you do don't you I think that one of the the key things here if anyone listening is we all have these questions but please don't blame yourself because I think as mums we tend to do that a lot
1: yeah Um, and I think sometimes it's easier to blame ourselves than you know pointing the finger or, or or getting the answers from other people um because at the end of the day it was your baby so it must be your fault that's how you feel but never feel that way you know there's always a reason that you know it may be unknown at the time but after investigations whatever you know you 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 can get your answers and it is it is difficult because you know you think well why didn't they tell me sooner that something was wrong or why didn't this happen? Why didn't that, ha- that happen? Um, but sometimes there's no knowing. So I think that's also a harder thing, you know, when you've already lost before and then you go through another loss. It's sort of like, why me? And and yeah. why is it happening again? And, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah I hear that.
1: Um, so after Summer Louise, um, might be pleased to know that me and my ex broke up. <laughs> um I I just had enough and I moved on. Um a couple of years later I met somebody else, um, thought things were were great with him. Um and 2006, um I found out I was pregnant, but sadly miscarried. Um, that was hard. Um I didn't know how to feel at that point Um, because it was quite early on in in the relationship as well. So it was, you know, is it a good thing that it's happened because it's so early on, we don't know if we're going to get on together, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But at the same time, it was still a loss and it's still important to me because it was still my baby. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then we were still together and then 2009, um, October the 13th, I found out I was pregnant. Um, Seeing the lines on the pregnancy test, I did not believe it Um, because I'd been struggling to conceive. um, And the doctors at that point had told me it was unlikely that I would conceive again. Um, So yeah, it it was disbelief. It was like, it's not real so i went to the chemist um and they did a wee wee test <laughs>
0: um
1: and yeah they they ticked the box and put a smiley face telling me i was pregnant and everything um so you know it was hugely emotional um scary um because of well, obviously my my past losses and i hadn't really dealt with them um so my emotions were were all over the place um and I hadn't been given any sort of like mental health support, um, any grieving counselling or anything like that. Um, which looking back now, possibly that would have helped me. Um, you know, it, it could have immensely helped me. Um and I think everyone who goes through a loss should be offered some sort of Grief counseling or bereavement counseling of, of some sort, just to like ensure that you're doing okay. Yeah. You need that support, don't
0: you? And that, that you do that what you're feeling and what you're going through is natural. And, and yeah, you know, it goes through these things rather than sitting there thinking you're crazy. I hear that a lot people thinking that oh, they're going mad because they're grieving, but no one's yeah. explaining to them what that actually means and what that actually looks like.
1: That That's really true. Um, and I think with, um, when I was pregnant with Meg and Jane, it was, I was so ill as well. Um, I had hyperemesis, um, I had liver problems. Um, That's awesome. and funnily enough, I had weight loss instead of weight gain. <laughs> um, I actually lost six stone. Um, wow. my body was like shutting down on me. Gosh, um, if the hyperemesis as well. That wouldn't have helped. Oh, and like even now, if I, if I've got to be sick now, I'm sort of like, I I try and stop myself because it it just brings back so many memories and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an awful feeling. Um, so with, with Meg and Jane at my 20 week scan, I was told there were a couple of issues. Um, one was a mass where the kidneys should be. They couldn't see the kidneys clearly. Um, and I was also told I had oligohydrominosis, which is a lack of fluid, around the baby in the sack oh, okay. um but I was told it wasn't like a life-threatening condition or anything um I could be monitored sort of like a, every uh, first of all it was every two weeks um and then later on in, in the pregnancy it became to every week um and then at one point I was there constantly <laughs> um, I seemed to live in the hospital more than I was at home um but because they told me like the condition wasn't life threatening, um there were things that could be done when the baby was born, I was I was quite positive and I felt, you know, well it's um, you know, th- things will be okay. Um so Megan Jane was then born on the 14th of May 2010. And she weighed £6.3, but she was rushed away immediately. Um, She went to the special baby care intensive unit. Um, She wasn't breathing, um, so she had to have CPR and oxygen and everything. And there it was identified then that her medical problems were a lot worse than were expected. Um, Her one kidney had failed inside of me. Um, She had a condition called duplex bilateral kidneys. So it's where... She was possibly one of a twin, um, and the twin didn't form, and the kid- kidney became um, attached to her kidney, um, but they didn't form properly, so it, in effect, it didn't work. Um, and where the kidney should be attached to the bladder by the ureter, um, the kidneys weren't, so the tube was actually putting all the toxins into her bloodstream. No. So she was, like, swelling and swelling through all these toxins from the urine. Um, she had a operation when she was two days old, and they found out um, while they were sort of, like, monitoring her heart and everything that some of the valves hadn't formed properly, so they were either open or closed, and they, they weren't allowing the blood flow to go through. And her heart was also twisted at the wrong axes. Um so initially the um, operation was positive positive. Um, and they said, you know, things are being done to, to sort of like help her with her fight. Um, so, you know, being mum, I was happy that, you know, that sort of thing had happened and they they were doing everything for her. Um, but then all of a sudden when she was nine days old, they came to me and she said, that Meg and Jane had deteriorated rapidly. Um, So the following day, she had another operation to bring the kidney outside of the body. um, And they connected it to a stoma bag to try and um, get the urine and the kidney kidney work into produce the urine. Um, But at that point, they also found a bleed on her brain. So they operated on that as well and i i in a way i'm so grateful because she had her first haircut that day because obviously they had to shave her head to get the um to to do the bleed on the brain um operation so i i i've got her first haircut oh, um okay. so that's something you know i've got forever yeah um wow. yeah like the the operation worked for a day um and then the following day we were told that um we had to prepare ourselves that Megan Jane wouldn't have long left to live um we were told it could be a matter of days weeks the, the hospital just didn't know and the consultants didn't know they you know they were devastated for us um and then sadly the following day she died in my arms um which was the 26th of May 2010 um she was my little fighter and I'm so proud of everything that you know she she did, um, and you know there were things that went really well. Um, following obviously the Meg and Jane's death and everything, um, like the nurses and midwives were amazing. Um, they made a fuss of her. They they treated her as though she was still a baby that was alive. You know that they, they bathed her. They they clothed her um they let me do things for her um they they took her hands and footprints they took photos for me um and i'm i'm going to be forever grateful to one of the midwives because she reached out to me um and at the time i didn't know but she'd also lost a child a couple of months before um So her reaching out was a way for her to help herself, but also help me. Um, And to this day, I will never be able to thank her enough um, for that. Um, Sadly, there were things that didn't go very well, Um, mainly being the communication between the hospital, my local hospital and the GP and the health visitor. Um, because a week after losing Megan, no, sorry, two weeks after losing Megan, um, I had a phone call from the health visitor saying to me, congratulations on the birth of Megan Jane. Can I come and weigh her? Oh, yeah. That absolutely broke my heart. Um, my, my reply to her was, you'll have a job. She's six feet under and I put the phone down. Um, so yeah, it, it was awful. Um, and then silly things like friends or people I knew um, saying to me, oh, at least you can get pregnant. Um, at least you can try again. Or it was for the best. It wasn't for the best, it was my little girl, you know. Yeah, it's
0: one of those things. And, and
1: going, like... going like everything happens for a reason oh no that's not oh,
0: the case I know that feeling Jess I hate I hated that I mean and I, I used yeah to be person that used to say that before you know everything happens for a reason and when it happened mm. I was like, oh, what whatever reason could there be for you taking my baby there was never yeah. there was no reason for it like yeah it is it is frustrating so anyone listening probably not the best thing to say to somebody if they've lost a definitely baby. not no. Yeah. And, and yeah. at least you can have another baby or get pregnant again. That is so insensitive.
1: It is, isn't it? And you know, at the time where you just recently lost, you don't want to be hearing those things. You know, you know, you don't really want to hear them five years later, or whatever. But immediately afterwards, it's like, how can the how can you be so insensitive and how can you not think before you say something to somebody? You know, it's 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 not the best. Um, thing that it's happened you know it's not or you can get pregnant again don't worry about it well of course you're going to worry about it because every pregnancy afterwards is traumatic because you're stressed and you're worried and you're anxious and you just don't enjoy it so don't go saying that to people
0: yeah because it's not it's not it's just really isn't as simple as that you you know you've you've just lost a baby you you need to grieve and give yourself time for that baby you you can't yeah baby even if you did no you're not replacing your baby
1: no definitely not you 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 just want to extend your family and you know for that baby to be included in the future sort of thing but um like sadly after meg and jane um i miscarried again in the christmas and the doctors then told me that unfortunately my body can't handle pregnancy um which is why it, it, they said it's it's like my body attacks the, the fetus or the baby. Oh. Um, so for a long while, it was, I blamed myself because obviously when, you, when you're when you told, or, you know, your body can't handle it, it's like, well, it is my fault then. Um, but as we said earlier, you know, don't ever blame yourself. Um, it's a medical condition that I've got no control over you know there's nothing that they can do um for me um but I'm just grateful for the time I had with my daughter and 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 my pregnancies with like Jack and Summer you know I'm blessed to have had that time with Meg and Jane and to have had my pregnancies and I will talk about them for the rest of my life you know I'm so proud that Megan Jane was my daughter and she fought for those 12 days, you know, the determination that she had, um, like she was such a feisty little character. Um, I know that's one of the stories I can tell people because sadly I haven't got photos of her now at the age of 13, you know, to, to be showing all my friends, but I have got my memories of yes. Okay. 12 days, but, I can tell you so many things about her and and how she made me feel being her mum and and, and I'll always be her mum
0: yes you will you're yeah you're a mum I mean you're a mum of three you know you yeah. had birthed to three babies so yeah um don't ever forget that you know it's really no it's really precious yeah I
1: mean I like, I often say like I'm an angel mum to six that's what I often say um and it's really hard because you've got to sort of like judge the person that you're talking to, you know, can you explain everything to them? Um, or are you going to end up consoling them at the end? You know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I will talk about my, my babies for the rest of my life. I'll always be proud. Um, and that's why I sort of like got into the support group I'm now in Um and the like the career path I'm doing So yes
0: Um, it sounds like that you you know you're using your experience to and help others which is amazing it's great so that's how that's how we connected from your support group so yeah tell us about that yes
1: yeah that's right um so where I am living in we have a a baby loss support group um so we meet on a monthly basis and you know we're there to Chat to each other, to have a cry, to have a giggle, you know, because it it's not always doom and gloom. You know, there is light at the end of it, you know, it's it's not all about the loss. Um, you know, we we talk about how lives are, how our pain in the ass husbands are doing, you know, all, all of that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're there really to support each other. So I um a couple of years ago. I did the training so I could actually befriend new mums um, that have recently lost. So I go and meet them, um, chat to them, see how they're doing, um, refer them for counselling if needs be, um, bring them along to group when they feel ready. Um, And it's just like having another family. You know, we all understand each other. We all know, you know, if it's a quiet day it's because we're feeling like shit (laughs) you know that sort of thing um you know and nobody's like pressure to talk when we're in group if you don't want to you don't have to just sit there and listen um and it's just helped me immensely because I've been able to tell my story about Megan um and Jack and Summer and and be there to support others so you know if if one person can take one little thing away from group um you know that i've made them feel a bit better or you know the word is out there that baby loss isn't a taboo subject or shouldn't be a taboo subject um yeah and then as part of the group then i do lots of fundraising so for meg and jane's 12th birthday i held a family fun day at my local pub and i raised just under a thousand five hundred pound oh, wow. um to go towards the charity um so I, you know I, I did things that she would have had for her birthday so there was like a bouncy castle for the kids there was face painting and glitter tattoos you know so I, I made it a family fun day but it was for everybody um you know there was like competitions for the the grown-ups and there was a raffle and and you know, that sort of thing. So, and there were loads of stalls there. Um, So I did, so, like, there were candles, there were um personalised gifts and everything. And it was all just to, like, one, raise awareness of of baby loss, two, to raise money, and three, so Meg and Jane had a wonderful 12th birthday.
0: That just, that sounds so lovely. It's made me go all tingly. It's just such oh. a Because <laughs> you are, you are... You, I mean, I'm I'm quite a spiritual person. I'm not, i not. I don't know if I'm religious, but I'm spiritual, and I do those sorts of things. I I could. I'd feel like she was there with you, and you know, having a good
1: yeah, yeah. Like like the more uh, the the day before, it had been like raining, and it was awful, and I was like, oh no, please. And then the day of it, it was like gloomy when I first got up, and then by the time like it all started, the sun was out. It was really warm. And it was, like, jam-packed with people. And I was like, do you know what? The weather is exactly the same as the day you were born, Megan. Oh. So it was like... It was as though she was there saying, hi, Mum, I'm here, thanks, you know. So, yeah, it, it was lovely. It
0: sounds lovely. That, that's what I call a little hello from heaven.
1: Yes, yeah. I, I love those little hellos, you know, the odd feather or the odd little, little something.
0: Yeah. I used to, um, when my son first passed away, I'd always see a robin in the garden. It followed me. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's just like, for me, because I was quite close to the seaside. Um, so not long after losing Meg and Jane, I'd go down the seaside and I would sit there and listen to the waves. And it was always something that would like calm me and relax me. And I'd, I'd be thinking about just peace being peaceful and and it was nice and quiet and tranquil and, and that helped me a lot. Um, and I was just like, and when I was there, I like planned her funeral while I was sat there. So I knew like, I didn't want it to be a funeral. So we called it a celebration of her life.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: So, you know, the, and a couple of, uh, gosh, it was, about three months after I'd lost Meg and Jane, um, I'd taken my mum to a hospital appointment. Um, and we had to go sort of like through the outpatients area where they have one of like the baby clinics and stuff. And I was dreading it. I was thinking, oh my god, I can't I, I can't be doing this, you know. I'm gonna be surrounded by babies, this, that, and the other, But I plucked up the courage. I took her, I went. And as we were coming up the corridor. There was a mum and her baby, and baby was in her arms, walking down the corridor. but she was wearing the pink and white checked gingham outfit that Meg and Jane was buried in. Oh wow,
0: that must have sense didn't so
1: it yeah now to, and to me, it was like, "Oh, that's so beautiful, it looks lovely on her." Mm. My mum was like, let's get out of here." Oh, really? Yeah, but to me, it was like, it was so nice to see another baby in that. Yes. Well, I just, I think,
0: again, me being spiritual, but thinking about the timing and what you four feeling before you went there and then to see that and to know that that was where your daughter was buried. in. it's like, again, hello from heaven, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I love the little notes from heaven that we get and stuff like that. So.
0: Well, you actually sound amazing to so go through all of that and now to be helping other people as well. Did you, what was it, did it like for you? Because you said you didn't, you left the hospital, sounds like each time about any support. So did you have to, did you have to get support or did you manage it yourself or how, how have you managed
1: to? Um, To be honest, for a long, long time, um i didn't i didn't handle it i i was in denial it was as though i was never pregnant in the first place um it was all a dream you know that sort of thing it was only after losing meg and jane so if you think about it from 1996 to 2010 i'd had no support whatsoever um so i literally um begged the hospital um, and the bereavement midwife after losing Meg and Jane. I was like, I need something. I need help. I, you know, I'd gone to the GP before. And <sighs> GPs don't really know how to deal with bereavement.
0: Yeah, no.
1: To yeah. them, it's, oh, it's it's just anxiety. Or it's just depression. Or it's just this. And yeah, it was that. But it was also, I was bereaved. Yeah. And I needed support. I needed counselling. Or I needed a friendly face to talk to anything. Um, so, yeah, I got by on my own, basically, for a long, long time. Um, and, yeah, it was only after losing Meg and Jane that I knew, like, the support group was there. Um, and I think because, like, the hospital lost my notes and everything, um, but from when I moved from one place to another and... It was when it was the old paper record. So they got lost in transit was all I was told. So I never, because it wasn't there on paper, it was as though it never happened. So So it was like I couldn't reach out and say, I need help, I need support.
0: So so when you had um, your daughter then, did they not know
1: about your previous... um... When I went for sort of like my first... um, scan in the hospital I was referred to he said oh I can see from the notes you've given the hospital as in me talking to them and and telling them that this is not your first pregnancy and I was like no it's my fifth you know so he said oh so you've got four children and I was like no and then I had to explain it all um, so it was it was really hard because every time then it was as like I've got to explain myself all the time, and it was so hard, especially being pregnant and you're anxious anyway. So it's just bringing up everything. Yeah, I, I yeah um, I can sympathize yeah.
0: with my rainbow baby. I think every doctor, nurse, consultant I met, I had to tell them my
1: story again, and they had my yeah. notes. They just didn't bother to read them. Oh, that's really bad. Um, like I've been working with Sands as well as part of like our group, um, and they're hoping. I know like they've had like the oh the stickers on your notes and stuff. Yeah, so I've heard about these. I haven't seen them because I've asked
0: my yeah. local
1: hospital to incorporate
0: them because it'd make life yeah. so
1: much easier. It would. It would, and you know it's it's discreet. It's not like a massive sticker or anything. It's just it's just a little sticker, but they. They worked with some areas within the hospital, but not all of them. So the other thing that Sans and my group and a couple of us have been working with is getting like a lanyard. Okay, yeah. um, And it's a, a specially designed one that, you know, that as soon as the, the consultant or the doctor or nurse, midwife, whatever, sees it, they know that you've had a loss. So you don't have to explain everything and they have to read your notes. They're not allowed to ask. Ah, that would be really good. It would be amazing. So it's it's being worked on at the moment. So hopefully, um, SANS will be getting it sorted soon.
0: Oh, that's really good. It's really good to hear because I'm... Um yeah and a bit of a battle with my local hospital at the minute just trying to get oh. date things and just make things make the process and the journey a lot better for mums and families cause... yes
1: yeah like I did a lot of work as well during baby loss awareness week okay back in October yes that's
0: when I started um, actually in oh
1: that's when it was was it yeah yeah so um Every year now, I'm obviously supporting Baby Loss Awareness Week, and I I have done since I lost Meg and Jane. But it was amazing to see how many people didn't realise that baby loss existed. I know. I was was one of those people. Until I lost my son, I
0: didn't know there was a Baby Loss Awareness Week.
1: And I I worked in
0: support for years. How did I not know this? It's just just isn't talked about, is it?
1: It's not. And it's not talked about enough. So you should be really proud of like your podcasts that you're getting people to do and the ones you've done yourself because you're creating the awareness now as well. So well done. And thank you for letting me do my podcast today.
0: Oh, no, thank you so much. I, I honestly, your, your story is very inspirational and I just want to say, I am very sorry for everything that you've, you've gone through, but uh, it's oh, thank you. to see you helping other people in the way that you are and to sit here and talk to me today. It makes me, I mean, I'm. It's three years this year. Three years in April. Zion. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I still think I'm quite early. Early. In, yeah. To be honest, but it's nice to see somebody who's got a bit more time behind them, and to see that you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel because it can be very dark at the beginning.
1: Oh, it can, and and it's awful because you you feel like you're the only one, and nobody understands, and nobody cares. Um, but, the, you know, there is, like, the end of the tunnel. And it, it's not all the sadness that that is so raw, you know, when you first lose and in the first, like, year and that sort of thing. Um, and don't get me wrong, I do have days where it will just hit me. Um, but now, you know, 1996 was my first loss, and it's now 2023. You know, I'm living proof that you can move – I hate to say the word move on because you're not moving on. You're just living your life differently, but you can get through it and you can be there for yourself and be there for others. Um, And, you know, in time, um, things do change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a life changing moment, isn't it? For most people you, I mean, I definitely am a different person since losing myself, yes, 100 yeah. percent doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a, a negative thing at all I've no. learned how to look after myself better and you know to care for myself better and I think that's yeah. what I think about grief isn't it you you literally you're so low that you have to then take the time to look after yourself and to take yeah time
1: yeah like like initially after losing Meg and Jane it was like I've got a choice because I, I found out my ex had been cheating and everything and I was like right I've got a choice here I'm either going to end up six feet under with her or I'm going to make something of what's happened to me and make it a positive one um, and turn my life around you know I was in a job I really didn't like any longer um, and I knew that there was something more I could do And obviously doing, being part of the group um, and changing my career path and everything, you know, it's all been a positive step forward.
0: Oh, good. And do you feel like you're, you kind of found yourself, you're in the place where you want to be, where you should be?
1: Yes. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm doing my learning disability nursing degree at the moment, um, on top of group and, and work and everything else. um but yeah i I found my path and i know you know the group is 100 percent um where i need to be and and how i need to be supporting others but myself as well because it is my my comfort zone it's my blank security blanket yes i do i
0: do know what you mean i am yeah a group that i do attend and it's nice i just i always say to people when you know, you know. You know is that, that's all I can. That's all I can say, to people. You know, oh, I know, and that's and you, That's all you need to say. And you know, they they do know, and I'm. You know, yeah. Not everybody does know what it's like, and I don't want everybody to know what it's like. But it is a very. It
1: is a, a community. I do find it is, and what what in group we say, it's a group nobody wants to be part of, but we're so grateful for each other.
0: Yes I've heard that a few times that people say so yeah group you don't want to be a part of but if you are a part of it it's one of the best groups to be a part of or sort of thing you know it was the, the way you support each other and it is it, yeah the passion you have for each other I, I mean this is what I say one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast because you I just have an overwhelming f- uh, urge to want to support this community yeah, know, but
1: yeah. Oh, it's it's a brilliant thing that you're doing so well done as well
0: Thank you. No, thank you so much. And I am so pleased that you agree to do this today, and you um
1: tell
0: oh. your story. So, oh, you're welcome, Lisa. how do how do you feel now? Now you
1: you've done it. Great, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm glad I've had the opportunity because, as much as I love talking about her and 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 Jack and Summer and things, it's always just on like my my Facebook page or um like our, our group page is not out there for everybody and why shouldn't we talk about our babies you know yeah. why shouldn't people know you know how wonderful they were or how amazing you know that they, they've made you feel and that sort of thing um and yeah the the good with the bad because there is, there is bad that comes with it there there is trauma and that sort of thing but as we were saying you know you can live your life after after it um you know it, it it doesn't define you no it's not it's not the end is
0: it it's it might feel like it's the end but it's not yeah it? i always say uh, when i uh, my friend sent me a picture once um and it just it to me summed up grief so well and it was a picture it had three jars and a ball which was representing the grief and yes yeah they the same size in all the three jars but each jar, as time went on, got bigger and bigger. And it's just... And just the grief, yeah. The grief stayed the same. Because lots of people always think that there's a timeline on grief. And, you know, after a year or two, whichever, you're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. There's no timeline yeah. on grief. The griefs remain... I personally think the grief remains the same. It's just our capacity
1: yeah. to
0: deal with it gets greater and greater. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and you, as you say, you, you live your life differently and and you do things to to make a difference like yourself with obviously the podcasts and me with the group, um, you know, and it doesn't happen overnight, you know, it's not going to be, oh, you know, I, it's not like I've lost, I've got to do something, you know, it could be with with me. It was sort of like a year or so later that I started like supporting the group a bit more. And then it wasn't until 2019 that I, trained to become the befriender so you know it's step by step it's 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 little steps it's taking each day as it comes it is
0: isn't it and um, being patient and being kind to yourself because you do have to being kind you have to work on yourself don't you not no, I mean everyone's different me personally I had to work on myself I'm still working on myself now I'm like like you I have my days where I just have no energy and I just have to just
1: mm-hmm.
0: not do anything basically um but it is when you look back, when you give yourself time, when you look back, you can be amazed at the things that you manage to achieve. But yeah, it's just about being yeah, and not trying to conquer the world all at once.
1: But... Oh, I know because you do try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, don't
0: we? Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So thank you, thank you again so much. I really enjoyed chatting with you today, and I can't wait. Oh, thank to- you. To there for everybody.
1: Yeah, and ho- hopefully that you know, me doing this and and other people that have done it is going to spread the awareness and, you know, we we can talk about our babies and it's somewhere safe for us as well. And it's nice that, because as you were saying to me earlier, you know, there's people from literally all over the world who listen to your podcasts. So it's it's knowing that, you know, there are people out there who want to listen and, and care. Yes, yeah.
0: It is, and like so say, you're you know you're helping your children's legacies live on as well. Yeah. And yeah. I I always think about the secret listener as well that that person that's too scared or not in the right place or worried about reaching out for support has nobody mm-hmm. to talk to, but still needs to know they're not alone and needs to be able to relate with other people. So it's so easy just to be able to press play on a podcast and listen, and yeah. to pick up a phone and ask for help.
1: It is. It is.
0: So, yeah so is it and, and you know the work you're doing is amazing so
1: so just for anybody that's local how can they um get in touch if they need support uh we've got a facebook page which is Roman McGannog baby loss support group um and we hold our meetings the first wednesday of every month um in dunelm coffee shop between half past five and seven or half past seven till nine in the halls of residence. Um, and they can also contact me if they need to. Um, my email address is jess at net. Okay, and
0: what I'll do, if, if you're happy for me to do that, Jess, I'll put a link um, for your, well, I'll put your emails in with on your, your podcast when I actually go live. Great. The- yeah, then- that's brilliant. That's good. And anyone that's listening, I am trying to build a website to go alongside the podcast, which will have a support page on there and we'll have all the details on there as well.
1: Oh, lovely. Thank you very much, Louisa.
0: Thank you so much, Jess.
1: Thanks.